we all know, or you may not know, radio is a theater of the mind. You can listen to it and make up in your brain anything you want to. It's almost like reading a book. Our program director, Dan Mason, suggested that we do something crazy using sound effects and create a fake parade in D.C. for Thanksgiving Day. They never have had a Thanksgiving Day parade in the nation's capital. So he said, why don't you guys record your show for Thursday so you can have Thanksgiving with your families and then just create a fake Thanksgiving Day parade? We decided to put one together, an entire Theater of the Mind parade. We promoted it for about two weeks before the event so that we could stir up the monkeys just a hair. Well, by the time Thanksgiving Day came around, callers blew out the request lines, trying to find out where the parade was. Where is it located? We've been down by the White House. We don't see it. What's going on? We embellished everything, used crowd effects, marching band sound effects, made up the name of the floats to relate with what was going on at that time in history in D.C. I believe the other jocks were a part of the parade as well and were supposedly on the scene filing reports. It was a hit. Well, we had so much fun in Washington, D.C. I mean, just two kids. We were still in our late 20s, if you can believe that. So much fun. Here's a little story about Dan Rather. Uh, Once when Dan Rather became the CBS anchor and began wearing sleeveless sweaters on camera, I once said on the air that he looked kind of weird. You don't wear a sweater without sleeves. It looks crazy. And for that matter, you could take any person off the street, put them in front of a teleprompter, and they would do a better job than Dan. Well, his daughter called crying and later tried to sue me and the station for slander. I had to make a very big apology to his daughter. I didn't mean to offend anybody. Sometimes when you're flying by the seat of your pants, you tend to do and say things that might upset listeners who really appreciate what you do on the air. But when it hits them, it hits a nerve and it upsets them. So Tip O'Neill, one of the finest speakers of the house in the history of the United States, especially back in the 70s and 80s. I was kidding with my partner, Jim Elliott. I told him that when I was at a picnic over the weekend, one of the guests was Tip O'Neill, and all he did was keep taking food off of my paper plate. I was kidding, of course, and trying to relate because that's when there were a bunch of fat jokes about Tip O'Neill. Well, that was really uncalled for to make a little five-year-old granddaughter cry. I put the little five-year-old on the air, and before the end of the interview, we were all crying. That was the magic of Elliot and Woodside. We were allowed to be ourselves, and sometimes we did things we shouldn't have done. And that, that was really uncalled for to make a little five-year-old granddaughter cry. Tip O'Neill was a hell of a good guy. But note to self, if he were still alive, I would suggest that you never stand next to him at a barbecue picnic and turn your head away from him, or he'll take your barbecue. So let's talk about Chip Carter, the White House. One of my favorite things that I did was when I paraphrased an article in the Washington Post about Chip Carter having an affair with a DC socialite in the private quarters of the White House. It was also, I believe, in the New York Post and in some of the rag newspapers at the time. 
So I just took all of the in information out and rewrote it and put it to my style, put it on the air, and my God, whew, mm, the heavens opened up. I got sued for $4 million. It took five years back and forth with attorneys from both sides before it was settled out of court for a mere $30,000. It was crazy, crazy. So your tower is in Maryland, but you broadcast in DC, Maryland, and Virginia. So I got subpoenaed three separate times at the radio station at 6 a.m. in the morning. Knock, 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 the red light goes off. You go out into the lobby to see who's at the door. It's a nice guy, he says, hey, hey, he's waving. He says, can you let me in? Sure. He said, hey, are you Scott Woodside? I said, I sure am. He said, here, this is for you. Damn subpoena. Ah, it was horrible. It seems like I was always in trouble, but you know, I think that's what helped with the ratings. We're ju just like two little kids trying to get in trouble, but not too much trouble. I think as time went on, I was labeled as a loose cannon because they never knew what I was going to say. So here's what I will say about the glory days at WPTC and Q107. You could put Elliot and Woodside in a studio right now and we'd have the same success that we had before. Why? It's simple. Chemistry. That's the answer. Program directors constantly put morning show teams together without much luck. They don't last long. Here today, gone tomorrow. Why? There's a lack of chemistry. You can't sprinkle it on two people when you hire them and hope for the best. It doesn't work. The missing factor for success, again, is chemistry. It's either there or it isn't. Elliot and I would still be doing mornings in D.C. had it not been for a couple of issues we had at the time. It took me years to get over what happened. And to this day, when I go to D.C. for meetings, wherever, if someone in Atlanta says, yeah, I used to live in D.C. and my daughters are in their 40s now and they say, hey, do you remember a guy by the name of Scott Woodside, Elliot and Woodside? I cherish the memories that I have and secretly wish that we could have another chance. But my on-air days are over. Broadcasting is not what it used to be. So the important part of this story is to continue on with your bad self. When things change, you have to learn how to, God, I hate this word, you have to learn how to pivot, right? And go on to the next part of your journey. Reinventing yourself is probably one of the most important things you can ever do. Uh, you'll never grow stale. You'll never harbor resentments. You only have great memories of the past, of when you were successful. But learn from all of those things that you did in life. Like I was in broadcasting. I headed up a uh, stationary company. And then I got into the cemetery and funeral business. I could not have been successful in any of those careers unless I had been in them. In other words, broadcasting led me to being really good at what I did in the stationary business. And those two combined really helped me excel in my career in the cemetery and funeral business. It's crazy, but that's how it works. So I wish you the best on trying to find yourself, discovering yourself, and moving on to the next chapter in your life. It's so cool. It's a never-ending book. The chapters just keep coming and coming and coming. Ah, it's exhilarating. So with that, I'll see you next time. Take care.